Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, here with my co-host, Ashley Sorensen. How you doing? Doing great. Good to hear. And uh, this segment is sponsored by Costa Sunglasses, and specifically their Pro Series. Um, they're designed for the angler, and they're polarized. They come in six of their favorite styles, and they're just a great all-around sunglass for uh for fishing and the person that we have today is going to talk to us a little bit on it but uh we're going to hear a little bit about his backstory and a few other awesome things first so we have with us jason christie how are you doing today i'm doing good good glad to be on the show okay so jason Bassmasters, elite series angler um mm -hmm. you know just tell us a little bit about yourself well kind of the short story um grew up played ball um, played in college, played basketball, um, graduated, started coaching. And uh, anybody that's familiar with education knows that there's not a lot of money in education. So to supplement that for 10 years, I kind of fished on the side. And after 10 years, um, it got to where my fishing was getting so big that um, I had to make a decision. I knew that I didn't want to cheat the kids and I didn't want my fishing to be cheated. So I made a choice, started fishing and 15 years later, six, 15 years later, that's what I do. So, um, you know, honestly, whenever I started fishing, I remember saying, well, I'd saved a little bit of money. I thought this is going to be a one or a two year vacation. And then I'll have to go back to the real world. But I mean, it's been great. Um, you know, I've been able to, um, provide a great living for my family um, and do things that I probably never would have been able to do uh, if I would have stayed in education. Not that anything bad against it, but, um, you know, I love being outside and whether, you know, like today I've been outside working all day and I just like being outside, whether it be fishing, hunting, working. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much me. I got three girls and uh they cost a lot of money so i therefore i need to make some money uh, <laughs> i can vouch for that one yeah but i've been really um lucky and successful in you know what i do so i've had i've had a lot of breaks i should say you know when it just seems like most times whenever you know you, you got a fish on there's a lot of times that fish could come off and for some reason in my career, it's just come in, you know, things have went my way and, and uh, I could never win another trophy and, and not be, um, you know, mad about it because I've had a great career and hopefully still got, you know, 10 years, maybe left 10 or 15 or whatever it comes to. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear those fish stayed on the line. Cause otherwise yeah. you probably wouldn't be here with us today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, f I find it pretty interesting how you talked about how you used fishing as an income source for your other activities. Because usually it's you know the other way around. You're you're working working yeah. your butt off to be able to go fishing. But uh, yeah, one of the good one of the good things in Oklahoma, like even to this day, from February late February till October, pretty much 
if not every weekend, every other weekend, I was able to go fish for 15 to 20,000. You know what I mean? That's a lot of money. We have a really strong, uh, like fishing community here. And, and there's, you know, I mean, we have a tournament for a boat or something and there'll be 250, 350, 350 boats in it. Uh, but it paid good. So, you know, and not that I won all the time, uh, but I won enough where, you know, and the good thing was I fished with my dad, uh, my uncles and stuff. So we were able to not only spend time together, but, you know, make some money doing it. Yeah, that's really cool to that's hear. Best of all worlds. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I'd like to hear a little bit about uh, your Bassmaster Classic win. Uh, 2022 uh, Sabine River, correct? Uh, no, the Classic, well, I won at the Sabine, but that was a regular season event. The Classic that I won was on Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. What's um, it like to win a Bassmaster Classic event? Oh, it's, uh, I mean, it's weird. The three of us are talking and you say that and literally just my body it's just goosebumps and and i think the reason it's like that for me is is that was the eight or ninth classic that i'd fished um two of those class or two of those classics i had a ginormous lead going into the last day i lost in both of those occasions i, I finished high a lot and i was just starting to get to the point where i didn't know if i was going to be able to win you know i was like I don't know if, you know, you start second guessing. You're like, I don't know if I got what it takes to win. And then literally one of the classics where I had a big lead was on Lake Hartwell back in, I want to say 16 or 17. And last year we go back to Hartwell and I was able to pull it off. And, and the feeling whenever, you know, you do something like that, it just, I mean, that's what I'd work for. That's what, uh, that's what one of the things that was left in my career that I really, really wanted to do and it was to win one of those and, and to be able to do it on Hartwell where I lost before. And there's something about Lake Hartwell that I've had a lot of success on. I won my first major event there, uh, back in 2011. And it just seems like every time we go there, you know, I do really good. So to, to win it there, and to do it in the fashion that I did where I literally caught the winning fish in the last 10 minutes, um, you know, it makes it pretty special. And it was my first year back to Bassmaster. I left for a couple of years and went to another league and then came back. And, and the classic is what drew me back, you know, the, all of the hype and stuff around the classic, the people, the fans, the sponsors, uh, that's what drew me back. And then to come back the first year and, and to be able to do it, that's what made it real special. Yeah, I bet. That's super cool. So what do you, uh, what's your favorite style of fishing? Pretty much what's on that backdrop behind you. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you go fishing, you're like, I'm scared to throw over there because I'm going to get hung up. That's the kind of stuff that I love to fish. I mean, just the gnarly get back in the trees, fish, you know, fish shallow, even though I've, I've won a lot of tournaments deep and done really well deep. I just, you know, my comfort zone is, is, I mean, perfectly right behind you, just the thick stuff and, you know, fishing in areas or fishing in 
doing things that I know I'm not going to catch a lot, but you know, I'm fishing for big ones. That's just, uh, that's how I grew up fishing because like we talked about back in those years when they gave boats, well, first place would be a boat or 20 grand and second place would be 2000. Mm -hmm. Third place would be 1000. So we fish to win in those events. And that's how I fish on the elite series. Like I go every event and try to win it. And if you look at my career, you know, the, the statistics, like I do really, really good, really, really good, really, really good. And then I'll bomb in one and then really good, really good. And then bomb in one. And, and the reason that I think it's like that is because that's what happens when you try to win every time. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Go big or go home. Yeah, I know that. And I know that if there, if there is a weakness uh, in my fishing, it's that it's that, but also on, on the other hand, I think that one reason that those trophies are behind me is because that's how I fish. You know, I may not do good in one last year. I won the classic. The very next week we had an event and I finished second from last the very next week I win the next event. So, you know what I mean? That's kind of how my, that's kind of how my career has been. Uh, not so dramatic, but that's how it goes. And that's how I fish. And what's funny is I'm too old now to change. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> Lots of highs, some lows. Yeah, exactly. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I've been fortunate is I've had way more highs than lows. Uh, and I think that's what makes the highs so special is is the lows you know what i mean oh absolutely mm -hmm. most definitely so i you know i'm listening to you talk here and for those for the people that are listening or are watching this on youtube see the video portion of it you have a bunch of bucks on your wall and i'm like <laughs> i'm trying my best to like pay great attention to all the stuff you're saying but i find myself looking at all these books yeah. and that that must be one of your favorite things to do when you're when you're not in a boat correct it is you know i say this i couldn't fish if it wasn't for deer hunting and i don't think i would deer hunt if it if it, i don't think i would deer hunt if it wasn't for fishing what i'm saying is there's guys out there that fish professionally they fish year round and and I can't do that. Like I have to have that, that restart every year. And, and even towards the end of the season, you know, you get into that August, September, you start getting a little, or I start getting a little bit of the burnout effect, you know, the traveling, the, the being gone, the fishing and stuff like that. And, and I know that's probably bad to say I fish for a living, but you just start, you're, you're kind of ready for something. So literally the last tournament, usually, I'm done. Like I don't, uh, I don't do anything. Now, last year we started the YouTube thing and it's changed that a little bit. I'll, I'll do a little bit of filming. Uh, but most of it takes place in the shop here. But I mean, when fishing's over, that's what I do. And the cool, the, the funny thing about it is when I start deer hunting, I hunt, I try to hunt every day. I mean, if twice a day, um, <laughs> Is he speaking language? Oh yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just giddy right now. So I, 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 I love yeah. fishing, but I when love I first start hunting, I don't think about anything else other than deer hunting, you know, and just being out there. And then 
you kind of get like the middle of the season and it's like, all right, you know, I'm, you start answering emails about, you know, getting the boat rigged up and stuff. And then by the end of the season, deer season, you know, I'm literally in the deer stand the whole time on my phone, looking at Google or ordering tackle or doing something like that, getting ready for fishing. You know, I'm excited at the end of deer season to go back fishing. And that's, I'm just as excited to go deer hunting. So that's what I'm saying is they both complement each other. And it's just the fact that after a long season, you know, going in the woods, not having anybody around me, uh, just sitting in the deer stand, it, it they complement each other. And, you know, I've had people approach me, hey, you know, you need to do a hunting show and this and that. And we I've dabbled in it some, but it's just the thought of of working in the, you know, working. That's that's my downtime and the thought of having a cameraman the whole time and stuff, it's just more work. I don't think I'll ever do it. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I like to fish. I really, really do. I like it a lot, but I love sitting in that deer stand. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I'm glad you, know. you do like fishing because you're really good at it, you know? So that's, that's yeah. a trend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just funny. And it's, you know, everybody thinks, you know, and I have... I have the best sponsors because a lot of those sponsors, they understand me. Like once nine months out of the year, when we're in the fishing season, I'll work my butt off. I'll do whatever I want to do, but they all understand what I do in the off season. And really nobody bothers me. Uh, I mean, something comes up, you know, a interview or, you know, an appearance or something like that. Absolutely. I'll go do it. But they hardly ever call and say, hey, we need you to go a week to do this or that. They all respect that. They understand that. And that's why if you look at my core list of sponsors, I've been with them my whole career. We just we have a business understanding and a mutual respect. And uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of sponsors, talk to us a little bit about how you got hooked up with Costa and uh, and your relationship with them. So, um, you know, it dates back to a lot of years ago, actually probably about the time I started fishing, you know, you start dabbling in things and, and you try different things. This is before, you know, I was literally had a sunglass sponsor and I remember that I was going fishing and, and there was just a year and I forget what the year was. And I just, I was fishing and I started getting these headaches, uh, almost like an allergy headache and they would always happen towards the end of the day. And I had a, I have a friend that is a, uh, an eye doctor, whatever that's called. Optometrist. Optometrist. There you go. <laughs> and I was talking to him about it and he said, I'm going to probably say that, you know, there's something with your eyes. So I'll get, I'll go get my eyes checked. Eyes are good. And, uh, the optometrist asked me, he said, well, what kind of sunglasses do you wear? And I told him, and, and she wasn't familiar with them, but she, she's like, you might try another pair of sunglasses. And literally the ones I was wearing were like these really, really cheap, you know, just that's what I could afford back then. Yeah. Talking like your $15 gas station. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, I have, I don't know if you guys, the people watching can tell, but I have a ginormous head, just big <laughs> elephant. Head. So there's not a lot of frames that fit me. Well, I got a hold of a frame. And, you know, back then, 
and I was familiar with Costa a little bit. So it all made sense. I like the frames. I start wearing them. Headaches go away. And in uh, talking to the optometrist after that, she was just like, you know, you get in some of these cheap glasses and they can actually kind of distort your vision. For example, I've been on a skid steer all day. The front windshield is kind of bowed like this. Actually, it doesn't have a wind. I busted the windshield out of it. It's plastic, but it's bowed. Well, it it can kind of weird you out because it makes it look different than it actually is. And I kind of think that's what those sunglasses are doing. Long story short, I buy some Costas and the headaches go away. And I wore those. Um, you know, I was paying for them and all of that. And then I'm going to be honest. Then I had a buddy that had a sunglass company. He wanted to sponsor me. That lasted a year or two. I wasn't happy. The good thing about the sponsor lineup that I have is honestly, every sponsor product that I use, I feel like is the best that I can get. You know, I'm in that part of my career where if I want to use this or I want to use that, I can pretty much use it. Um, so I did that for a year or two, wasn't happy uh, with the frames and stuff and went back to Coast. I've been there ever since probably 10 years, 12 years or something like that. And that's how it all kind of uh, went down. And, and like I said, kind of about the deer hunt, I don't expect, unless they fire me, I don't expect <laughs> that I'll be going anywhere. So, uh, you know, the, in talking about them, I get a lot of comments, a lot of questions on social through friends, you know, just buddy stuff and everybody's, in this industry, everybody wants the quick answer. What bait do I throw? You know, what rod do I use? Well, there's different situations. There's different lakes. There's different times of year. All of that stuff. It is the same way with sunglasses. Um, people ask me, well, what, what glass, what, if I had to buy one pair of sunglasses, which ones do I go get? And I can't, you can't answer that because I can tell them what I use but everybody's eyes are different. You know what I mean? Like I have really light eyes, which means that I need a lot of shade. Um, like when I go out of this shop, I have a pair right there on my head. When I walk out, it's immediate. It's almost a reflex that I put sunglasses on because my light, my eyes are so light. So I use a darker lens, a uh, blue mirror. And I probably wear those 80% of the time. I have buddies and I know people that that lens is too dark for them. They're, they have darker eyes. They may have brown eyes or, or something else. They may have large eyebrows that shade their eyes. You don't know, but they need, they, they don't want that dark of a lens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Their frames are different. So my advice to them is, is go to a shields or go somewhere and try on the frames that fit you. I wear tuna alley because they fit the big headed elephant headed guys. <laughs> and then as far as lenses, you just have to kind of play with them. You know, I pretty much wear the blue mirror 80% of the time. And then I like the sunrise mirror. If like early in the mornings that take off or low light conditions, I'll wear those. So it's a hard it's really a hard question to answer when somebody wants it. But the good thing about Costa is they make 
something for everybody. My fiance, she wears them. My kids wear them. And the, what's the funny is they all wear different things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it different fits, different heads, different eyes. So. And that's that interesting about the dark and light lenses too. Yeah. And I, I was reading something that you sometimes even have like four or five pairs with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just in the boat, I carry, I don't know, seven or eight pair. You know, I'll have two or three coasts. I mean, two or three um, blue mirror. I mean, I lose one, they blow off my head, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I got two or three sunrise in there. Uh, but like in my truck, I got extras and I'm always still sampling stuff. You know what I mean? They come out with something new. They'll send it to me. I'll look at it, but I pretty much always land on those two lenses and that frame. Okay. You can tell a difference when you use polarized versus like a different lens, like the cheapos you said, because you yeah. can like see. Oh, especially like, when you're looking into oh, the water yeah. and stuff like so that. Have they really helped you? I want to tell you a story. Have they helped me? So, and this is, it's funny because this happened last week. I was, we were on Lay Lake and, uh, I think that's in Alabama. That's what happens when you travel so much. I think it's in Alabama. It is in Alabama. Um, and I was fishing in the area and I wasn't really sight fishing. You know, I was fishing and all of a sudden it kind of, my mentality kind of changes. I see one and then I see another one. Well, then I go from fishing to looking. Uh, I just happened to look over there, you know, and the water's not clear. I just happened to look over there and I see, I see a big fish like leaned up against lean. It wasn't lean. She was suspended under some lily pads and I make a cast, make a cast. She doesn't bite. Well, literally she takes off swimming and I follow her for a little bit, end up catching her on a lake where up to that point, six pounds was the big bass. This fish weighed nine and a quarter. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, nine and a quarter. I saw her bite. I saw her, uh, you know, and so what that fish did for me was I didn't have a good first tournament. So it made up for that. It put me back good in the points. But I won big fish of the event. It put me in the top 10 for that event. I ended up finishing third. I really, really should have won that event. Uh, if it holds out, which it should for big fish of the year, that's an extra $10,000. So I put about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 on that one fish, on that one bite. I don't, have those, I don't have those on. I don't see that fish. I never make that cast. So, um, yeah, if people watching, if it always happens. You know, very seldom do I go and spend all day looking at them and catching them. A lot of guys do that fish the elite series. I'm more of the guy that likes to just fish, but just, it seems like the last few years, there'll just be one of those instances a day that I see something that I get an extra fish. Like I caught that big one and it, sometimes it's not seeing a fish. Sometimes I'm going down the bank and I'll look out there and I'll just see like a stump or something that's underneath the water that you wouldn't see. And I'll cast over there and catch one. 
you know, it's just those kind of things. And one extra fish a day or even an event that equals points, points equals money and money equals happiness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But money is really nice to have. Uh, yeah, it is nice to have. Yeah. Absolutely. And a nine pound fish is probably nice to have too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about like uh, Costa Initiatives and their anniversary? Like you go to their website, you see they did like a 35 beach cleanup for their 35th anniversary. What do they have in store for 40 this year? You know, um, one of the things that I think I'm most proud of in this industry is it seems like the last five or six years and probably even longer than that, Several of my sponsors, including Costa, and Costa has been one that's that's really, really uh, pushed this initiative. It's just the conservation part of it, uh, the cleanup part of it. And I know one of the things that Costa wants to do is is move away from all of the plastic. And and one of the stories I tell people around here this about this all the time. We travel a lot. Well, you go up, you know, you go up to like New York, you know, we, we were literally up there last year and we're driving down the interstate and you just, you know, we get to talk and you're like, God, the, the roads are so clean. You, you don't see anything in the water uh, as far as trash and stuff like that. And when I say anything, like we, we did this last year, we would be driving back. All right. Tell me when you see, a piece of trash and it would you'd go a mile or two and be like oh there's one and i see that and i think about that when i go fishing that's some of the that's some of the things that you see and not only you know like the lake I, there's a lake literally right here that i fish on all the time it's not that that the that anglers are going out you know just throwing trash out it's that the water that comes into this lake literally comes out of a town you know what i mean so that stuff that's discarded there empties into the lake. Uh, it's not just one, it's a lot of people uh, that are kind of at fault on this, but you get to notice and hey, that's that's plastic. That's, you know, so they're one of their biggest efforts is to kind of try to do away with that, to clean up a lot of this stuff. And it's funny, as I get older doing this, that's one of the things that uh, is important to me. I've tried to start some things around here as far as, you know, all I can do, I shouldn't say all I can do. The best thing that I can do is really, really focus on my area and then put pressure on other guys to focus on their area. And then, and then if everybody focuses on their own area, then every, then we're good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, uh, it's just, it's funny how my mentality's changed. I mean, 20 years ago, if I was fishing down a bank, and there was a water bottle floating. I don't know that I would have done anything. You know, I'd be like, somebody shouldn't have put their water bottle out. Now it's, uh, I mean, I'll take five seconds, reach over and pick up that water bottle and put it in the, that Skeeter has a trash can in it, put it in the trash can and discard it with the rest of my uh, trash for the day. So just some of the cool things that they're doing you know, we, we got to do something. If we don't do something, uh, you know, our kids, our kids, kids, you know, I'll, I don't know if they'll have a lot of places to fish. 
Agreed. You know, it's it's a good mentality to have. Just uh, leave this world a little bit better than how you found it. I like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Love it. So, um, you know, before before I let you go here, I definitely need to hear a story from you. So, I'm, you know, being a social media guy, I do a little bit of creeping on your social profiles. <laughs> and um, I see this really nice trashy looking buck that you got pinned to the top of your instagram page and i need to hear the story on this thing oh that's it's going to take five or ten minutes i have no problem with that so i have a really really good place in kansas to hunt and uh i went up there last year one of the neighboring properties is a friend of mine and he he told me he said hey there's this deer that's living on uh on my property you know you might just be aware and he's a giant i'm going to try to make this as fast as i can and so i get up there and i'm actually in the stand and and i look out there a couple hundred yards and i see these two big bucks and they're chasing a doe they do it all morning and, and no matter what i do call rattle or whatever they're they're not i mean they have what they want right there well they fight and one of the bucks, the smaller one, he comes to me and he has, he has two main beams on one side. I've never killed one like that. I could not turn him down. So I, I take this deer and I look out and this is a morning hunt. I look out there and I'm like, that deer made this deer look little. So I call Shannon, my fiance, and I said, hey, she was supposed to come the next day. She had a rifle tag. And I said, hey, get up here, you know, bring the camera, take pictures of this deer. And then I have a deer that you're going to shoot. He's like, all right. So she, it's two, two and a half hour drive. She loads up, heads up there. And she's, when she gets there, she says, hey, I need to work a little, you know, before we go hunting. And uh, I, that, that's fine. She had just got a new dog. He was running around her. He's probably napping now. Uh, Tucker. Well, as she's working, he finds some rat poison behind the uh tv Uh oh and i catch him and i think that i think that i caught him in time but we didn't know so anyway we spend the rest of the afternoon with tucker so we don't go hunting he is at that deer stand all afternoon like if we go hunting she kills this deer this deer this deer last year was 200 inches uh, so we did, we don't get him killed. He doesn't live on me. So after that day, you know, he's pretty much gone this year. He does not show up on me. I got no pictures of him and we are at Thanksgiving at her house, which is about three hours away. And I look and I get my first picture. It's like at nine o'clock in the morning. I got a rule when a deer doesn't live on you and he travels and he's on you, you got three days. After three days, he's gone. That's, I mean, in my experience of hunting, you have three days. So day one was Thanksgiving. He showed up. The next morning, uh, you know, we're sitting around there. He shows up again. And I'm three hours away at, at her family's function. So, and I'm trying to think of a way to get out. <laughs> so I literally, I'm just like, I'm just going to have to tell her or ask her. So I was like, hey, this deer showed up. Do you mind if I, you know, take off? And she's like, absolutely not. I literally walk outside to leave and I forget that 
usually we drive my truck, which has all of my stuff in it. We had drove her car or her uh, forerunner. So then I problem number one. All right. So I call my mom. My mom meets us halfway. She takes me to meet my mom. And literally all of this happened in one day. I drive to, we meet in Tulsa. I drive to Kansas. I get there at 330 and that deer walks in that evening and I shoot him. And, and uh, he had 20 scorable points. I'd never killed a deer before that had a drop time. And that deer had three, I think. Uh, I saw two for sure. Yeah, surprised me either. Yeah, I think he had three. And what's funny is my property up there is literally a mile from this small town, and and this deer was the talk of the town. You know, everybody knew this deer, and they called him uh, X. Yeah, because of the way his horns looked, it was kind of like an X. And and uh, yeah, I go up there, I kill this deer, and. Uh, word got out that some out of state guy killed their deer in, in town and and uh yeah so that is cool it was the biggest deer um score wise just a cool one you know i'm not one that that goes on the score you know if it's mature and if it makes you happy then that's what a guy needs or a girl needs to do you know what i mean absolutely it's it's whatever gets the heart pumping exactly is, is- you want to take and that one is if your heart's not pumping when that one's coming towards you yeah. like you better check your pulse yeah you know and it's not i've deer hunted forever and and i know there's people that probably don't agree with it but we eat a lot of deer meat um and it's like that deer you know i we do our own processing uh and i i just it's a whole process you know i we eat the heck out of it and and I kind of enjoy a little bit of, of processing it and packaging it and and uh yeah just between Shanna and me and the kids and my mom and dad you know we'll eat six or seven a year so we're actually having deer meat tonight there you go I actually am too so I'm uh I'm in a softball league and it's our first night and uh we have the late games tonight the first games at 7 30 so i've got the portable grill and i've got some uh i've got some deer steaks i'm gonna make before that so i'm joining you buddy (laughs) yeah we're having spaghetti tonight and last night we had uh we were gonna have fish tacos crappie tacos and for some reason i don't think she thawed crappie out so we ended up having deer steak tacos and they were pretty good actually real good and then tonight is uh spaghetti there you yeah. go cool. soon you'll have a cooking channel it sounds like too yeah i don't know about that <laughs> you know. with everything you catch or shoot you know yeah yeah no i just love it everything about you know being outside is just uh that's all me if you know torture to me would be pin me in this house all day long that's torture yeah, T- today has honestly been a little bit of torture now, thinking about having to sit in the office and sit through meetings and you talk to me about hanging out on a skid steer all day <laughs> and telling deer stories. It's like, I need to get out of this building yeah. right now. <laughs> well, we have a, uh, so this shop that you see in the background, I built last year, last hunting season was the first season that I wasn't free to hunt. Like I, I built this, and so this shop sits on my hunting land 
I built this shop. I only hunted very little last year and it killed me. Um, and now just outside the shop, we're building a house that they're texturing sheetrock this week. They're starting the rock on the outside. And there's a wedding here in September. So we have, we're on a tight schedule, if you know what I mean. And I kind of like having a schedule, but uh, it's been busy. And, you know, as far as this year, I haven't fished. If I'm not fishing the Elite Series or filming for YouTube, I'm not fishing. I'm here working. And that's usually not like me. Like, usually if I'm gone to the Elite Series, I'll come home, mow the grass, do that kind of stuff, get in a good spot, and then I'll fish for three or four days and then go to the next tournament. I've not been able to do any of that this year. It's all been uh, trying to get everything ready. Mm -hmm. But you, you've got some uh, things you're excited about in the fall then, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the wedding. And then the next day is deer season. So <laughs> the, the honeymoon. Has, yeah. 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 I, I take it you found one that's accepting of your hunting habits. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, that makes us get along good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the choice is either a postponed honeymoon or uh, the honeymoon's going to be on in the deer stand out there. So, I mean, cool. either option sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those deals where we both travel so much. Honestly, we've talked about it. The honeymoon is it kind of sounds good just to stay home. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. enjoy enjoy the new house and uh, yeah, just stay home. Hey, nothing wrong with that at all. So, well, I appreciate your time on here. So it's uh, it's been good chatting with you. Good, I I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, if you guys ever get bored again and want to hear more stories, then reach out. Yeah, nothing like hearing a good story. Mm. Love to, love to hear that on the podcast. And and good luck to you on the rest of the tournament too. Thank you. I'm gonna need it. I'm I need so the classic next year is on my home lake where i grew up fishing yeah we got four tournaments left i need to finish the year out in a good way all right best of luck to you thank you you guys have a good day thanks you too Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.